0: A cancer that would put them in a flag draped coffin. I know. One of those, one of those
3: soldiers.
1: So that was uh, Joe Biden, our president at SCOTUS. And that was a moment I didn't even hear. Uh, That's when he was talking about our poor soldiers and what they're going through and acting as though he cared. And Lauren Boebert, the congresswoman from Colorado, called out 13 of them. She's talking about the troops in Afghanistan that he allowed to die uh, when he took out the troops and put our soldiers in such great jeopardy as he hastily uh, withdrew from that country without any forethought and any care. And so, uh, Lauren, of course, she got shouted down by the Democrats. Of course she did, but there was pushback because some of you mentioned to me that you thought there should have been more pushback. And I don't know, perhaps there should have been wasn't in the room, not in the chamber, but Lauren certainly did that. And I saw Marjorie Taylor Greene standing next to her also, uh, you know, pushing back. So uh, so anyway, that's something that happened. Also, uh, you know, Joe Biden in his State of the Union address gave a very peculiar ending. And I didn't, These I didn't have time to talk about these things yesterday when we talked about it. And we're not going to spend a minute on it here. But this was the ending of his speech. Just listen carefully to the ending of his speech, clip three.
0: On this night, on our 245th year as a nation, I've come to report on the state of the nation, the state of the union. And my report is this. The state of the union is strong because you, the American people, are strong. We are stronger today. We are stronger today than we were a year ago. And we'll be stronger a year from now than we are today. This is our moment to meet and overcome the challenges of our time. And we will, as one people, one America, the United States of America. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you. Go get him.
1: Okay, it was the go get him part that people are, you know, go get him. Well, of course, he was off script, and uh, that was probably go get him doesn't mean anything. Also, God protect our troops when he has done nothing but really harm our military, whether it's vaccinations, forced vaccinations, um, whether it's been, you know, removing people with the wrong thinking in the military, whether it's been withdrawing from Afghanistan and the careless, hasty uh, just disastrous way that he did that caused so many to, to lose their lives. So it's just, yeah, but God bless our military. But go get him. Go get him. And so I made the point yesterday that he was uncharacteristically energetic and and um, prescient. Let's say he delivered his speech. You heard the power even at the end, and it's like, wow, that was amazing for him in terms of his health, not in terms of the content. Uh, and so I want to make a point because the very next day, he and his wife Jill went to the University of Wisconsin and he was speaking, 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 he was speaking to them, speaking. And I want you to hear just uh, a montage, just a very short montage of what he sounded like the day after. This is clip four.
0: While we're getting ready to, excuse me, while we're getting ready, when I signed that infrastructure law 100 days ago, we already had. Uh, we already had the ground run. run we, we hit the ground running. The Union Pacific Railroad, when I was in Pittsburgh, I, I met the, 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 the folks who run that. Union Pacific Railroad just announced the purchase of the largest ever purchase of electric locomotives made in Erie, Pennsylvania. In the same plant, by the way, that the guy who turned on our lights built a factory.
1: The same factory, by the way, that the guy that put on our lights built a factory, by the way. Yeah, so this is what we know that Joe Biden is actually like. And the reason I feel free to say something about this now, I have tremendous compassion for people who have physical problems, uh, but they, they put, they deceived the American people. They pretended as though he was capable when he wasn't. His wife cooperated, they deceived us, and now we have a man who has dementia and uh he's he can only be propped up by drugs and that's the reason that he you know was able to deliver that speech i'm sure of it and so um uh yeah so it was a, okay so then another he yesterday uh after the a spate of the union address and i guess this is in the same location but he was outside his wife jill was uh close to him and a member of the press who was who's catholic i think it's a catholic news agency Ask him. Basically, this is Lenten. How can you say you're Catholic uh, when you support abortion? And this is the interaction. Just so you can hear clip five. And Last night you continued you, you support you can... Roe v. Wade as a Catholic. Why do you support
4: abortion as a Catholic? Yeah. Fine, church
0: teaching. I tell you what. I don't want to get in a debate with you on theology, but you know. Well, anyway. I'm, not, gonna, I'm not. I'm not. i not going to make it. I'm not
1: going to make a life. judgment for other you're people. You're Catholic. Why? Why? Do church teaching. Catholic. Why? Do you yeah, so then his wife pulls him away. I, well, I, I'm not going to get into a—well, uh, well, okay, well, anyway. You know, so that, that is quintessential dementia Joe Biden, our president. And, of course, it's also quintessential duplicitous, uh, you know, when he was in full faculty. He was doing the same thing, of course, you know, boasting about his Catholicism, but uh, completely embracing policies that were pro-abortion— And, uh, yeah, so that's not not because of his dementia. That's just the way he is. And one last thing about the address the other night. Remember when he uh, introduced that CEO of Intel and was bragging about him and talking about all the things they were going to do? We're learning more about that CEO. He uh, supported the Beijing Olympics and has deep ties to China, and I can't even go into the details because of time. Uh, But remember that the Bidens have made millions and millions of dollars Uh, on their connections with China through their son, Hunter Biden. Remember that the Bidens, uh, Hunter Biden took $3.5 million from the wife of the mayor of Moscow. This is the area of the world that Joe Biden was tasked with being in charge of when he was the vice president under Barack Obama, and he and his family enriched themselves, and that's why people call it the Biden crime family, because it's his brother, it's his sister, it's the whole family have become rich. Uh, in this part of the world. And so to think that there's any kind of clear decision-making would be a real stretch uh, because we have just corruption right in front of our eyes, but no one seems to want to really talk about that. And speaking of that kind of corruption, uh, things in uh, Ukraine are continuing to escalate. As I understand it, the Russian foreign minister is now warning that World War III will be nuclear. Uh, They have gone into a village, and the mayor says that they have killed Uh, 300 people, and the bodies are unrecognizable. Now, here's the thing, though, a caution from you. It's very hard to know what's true. Very difficult. Remember that even in Ukraine, there are some wonderful Ukrainians, as I said yesterday, I think, or Monday. Many of them are Christians, but that doesn't mean necessarily what we think it means. It can mean that. uh, But I I think at the the embassy of Russia, uh, the Russian Federation in Canada, released a press release yesterday just to give you an idea of the kinds of propaganda that are out there uh, that still make it di- makes it difficult to know. Uh, he, they say that the strikes, Russian strikes, are targeting military facilities only being carried out exclusively with high-precision weapons. We are witnessing an unprecedented wave of lies, fake news, distorted and fabricated facts aimed at discrediting our actions. Goebbels-style Western propaganda was predictable. It cannot be trusted. The public in Canada should understand that. And then it goes on, the Russian army is fighting neither Ukraine nor the Ukrainians. The tasks to clear Ukraine of Nazism and to demilitarize it will be accomplished. Um, Anyway, so I'm telling you, I'm just making a point that we are all over the map with information, and so we have to rely on people. Like for me, I have to rely on people that I know who have inside information in the intelligence communities, because uh, we can't. It's hard to even trust our own news sources. Lots more news now. I got to get to this um, really important stuff. All right. Uh, okay, I think I'm going to skip to this. This this next couple of things are actually pretty personal to me, but they're personal to you too because these are people that you know who've been on this show. Cleta Mitchell has been on my show many many times. She's been subpoenaed by the January 6th committee, and accused of, you know, saying that the election of 2020 was fraudulent and working uh, in various states on voter integrity. She's guilty of all of that because she has been a warrior in that. cleta has been an attorney and election attorney for decades, and she is highly skilled. She's been, our, as I think I just said this, a guest, and she's a good friend of mine. And so now she's under scrutiny. She's going to be, along with John Eastman and many other people that I know personally and that have been at this microphone, who've been champions, really, of truth. And now the January 6th committee are coming after them. And so uh, just asking you to pray for them, because this is tough. Man, they they are under scrutiny. They have to release all their email and all kinds of stuff. And along with that uh, comes uh, another attack on uh, someone who's actually a very good friend of mine that's Jenny Thomas, who's the wife of Justice Clarence Thomas. And the reason I bring this up is because the New York Times has been after Jenny Thomas and her husband, Clarence Thomas, for a very long time. But recently, they've stepped it up. They're trying to get Clarence Thomas to recuse himself, and actually, I think they're trying to get him off the bench. And so they did a piece that they called an investigation of Jenny and Clarence Thomas, as though they needed an investigation, because we know that they're so corrupt. So, they did like a 26 page story that came out. Uh, you know what? I think it came out actually week, last week, uh, but I wasn't, because I was at CPAC, I wasn't able to talk to you about it. Um, and they did a real hit piece. They went back and um, they want to discredit Jenny Thomas in order to discredit Clarence Thomas, but they're both uh, singled out in this uh, editorial. And so um, I, I happen to know because I was, uh, they criticized this. One area, they love to talk about this. There was a meeting at the White House, and they claim that— now, this is a small thing compared to the other. I'm just giving you an example. They claim that the people in that meeting you know, were praying constantly, and they were praying so much that you couldn't even understand the conversation, a meeting with President Trump. Well, I was at that meeting, and I'm the one who actually prayed, and so I can tell you it's an abject, abject lie and distortion. And one of the reasons that they—we had Republicans inside that room— who were uh, turned? Who were the ones who leaked that information? We were not allowed. Those of us in the room were sworn to. Well, we we were happy to comply uh, with the fact that we were not to talk, talk about what happened in that room, and we didn't. We kept silent in spite of the lies. Uh, but I can tell you now that the New York Times has reported that we we called out people who were undermining President Trump. And we brought it to his attention, and we gave him a list, and we called out names even of someone in the room, a former Boehner staffer named Johnny DeStefano, who went apoplectic when we did this with the president in that room. Uh, We had Kellyanne Conway, we had Ivanka Trump, all of the chief advisors for the president— and so you could say all hell broke loose. You could say that. And so uh, they leaked the story to the New York Times, of course, with their spin, and then talked about the fact that, you know, we all broke out in prayer. We There was so much praying, and I don't even know exactly the words that they used, you know, that uh, the conversation could not be heard. That's just an abject lie. It was actually a powerful meeting, and I think that's why they were so upset. So Johnny Stefano ended up losing his job. Now, why am I telling you this? Because— uh, the New York Times is trying to take down one of the most incredible justices we have on the course, if, court, if not the most incredible right now. And so we are I'm asking you to contact them, and there's a way to do that. Align Act, I've talked to you about it often. There is an Align Act. I told you it's operated by friendlies. You don't have to worry about uh, being part of this. Go to Align Act and look for Tell the New York Times to Stop the Shameful Attack on the Thomases. This is the second piece they've done in a month, and um, they're they're trying to destroy this couple once again, just like they did when he was nominated to the Supreme Court. And so if you feel strongly about it and are willing to help push back the New York Times, all the information or your remarks will go to the New York Times. So go to alignact, Act dot com, tell the New York Times to stop. The shameful attack on the Thomases, uh, it, it'll be easy to find if you just go to a line act and join me, okay? Let's push back on the New York Times. Let's let's call them out on this because it's got to stop, and we do not want Justice Thomas destroyed. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk.
4: Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or if, like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they love it. In fact, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years. Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating and you are invited to be part of it. Call now, 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE,
3: 833-44-BIBLE. Paul writes, when one part of the body suffers, we suffer together. This is Bible League International, and here's a very startling statistic. Every five minutes outside of America, a Christian is killed simply because they believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Let me give you some perspective. By the end of the average hour-long worship service in America on a Sunday, 12 Christians will die, again, simply because of their faith. Now listen, persecution is arguably the top issue facing the global church today. I'm not saying that death is affiliated with everything every case of persecution, but if I believe, we know Christians who are singled out, targeted, monitored, threatened with death, even killed simply because of their faith. Listen, we can do something about it by sending exactly what they're praying for, to persevere and endure, and that's God's Word, at $5 a Bible, $100 sends 20. Would you pray about it and then make your most generous gift by calling 800-YES-WORD, 800-Y-E-S-W-O-R-D, or give at sendbiblesnow.org, sendbiblesnow.org, and God bless you for
5: Hello Americans, I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting Starnes to the number 49596. Bon Appetit is the famous magazine for foodies. I'm more of a fried chicken and pulled pork sort of guy. But if you love arugula souffle or filet of snail, Bon Appetit is definitely your read, a publication for Refined Palates. Anyway, Bon Appetit has drawn the wrath of the cancel culture mob, professional race agitators accusing the magazine of racism in the kitchen. The Daily Trojan reports Bon Appetit is guilty of having a Eurocentric view of food. In other words, there are more recipes about roast beef than roasted goat because white chefs have a racist narrative about non-white communities. It's not the first time the food world has come under fire. Celebrity chef Jamie Oliver hired a team of cultural appropriation experts to go through his cookbooks, removing any recipe that might offend foodies. You know, it's a sad day when a chef can't fry up a mess of chicken without being accused of racism. These woke folks are giving me indigestion. I'm Todd Starnes. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio.
4: Because as we all know, elections matter. And when folks vote, they order what they want. And in this case, they got what they asked for.
1: I went off script a little bit. (laughs) Vice President Kamala Harris. Aren't you you proud, you know, that we have such a fine vice president? You know, when you vote elections, you get what you ask for. Now, I I wonder what she's on. I don't think it's the uh, performance-enhancing type. I think it's uh, whatever it's making her high and happy. Um, I'll never forget when she bragged uh, about marijuana or laughed about it so frequently when she was campaigning. So I don't know what she's on, but she's a heavy warrior. Let's just say that. And, yes, we do get what we voted for, and we did get. Well, I'm not sure, uh, based on this next uh, conversation we're going to have, that we actually did get what we voted for. Um, and we want to make this case If Wisconsin. Of course, we've talked about many, many times in the state of Wisconsin in the 2020 election, President Trump lost by a mere 21,000 votes. 21,000 votes. Now, there are some—Wisconsin is a you know a complex state, as are all of them, I suppose you could say. Wisconsin's the home of radical leftism and communism in the United States. It was where the Petri dish was at the University of Wisconsin. Uh, but it also has salt-of-the-earth, wonderful Christians. And so it has this uh, real clash of philosophical— understanding and uh, a very active left. That's why Scott Walker, you know, had the adventure he had as governor. Uh, was They tried to get him out. Uh, it was a royal battle. And they did a lot of things like they've done to the January 6th. Uh, participants, you know, raided their home with the FBI. They, all kinds of things have happened in Wisconsin. So uh, the 2020 election was very controversial. And as I said, President Trump only lost by 21,000 votes. So investigations have continued to, uh, through this day. And they had a hearing this week on Tuesday, uh, March the 1st, which we were not able to talk about because of all the news that's happening. And I wanted, But I wanted to talk about it, even if we didn't make the live hearing. Our next guest is special counsel for Thomas More Society. His name is Eric Cardell, and he joins us this morning from Wisconsin. Good morning, Eric.
2: Great. Good morning. Thanks for having me.
1: It's my pleasure. let me just set the stage here. I did set the stage for Wisconsin, but on this particular issue, uh, you guys did a deep dive investigation on what happened in Wisconsin with the voting. You did this hearing in consort with another organization. It's the um uh, sorry, it's the Wisconsin Voter Alliance, and I think you also did it in conjunction with a former, Supreme Court Justice in Wisconsin named Michael Gableman. So I just wanted to set the stage. So what did you guys find, Eric, in your investigation of what happened in the 2020 election in Wisconsin?
2: Right. Well, what we found first was that, you know, Thomas More Society conducted, you know, an 18-month investigation. And then there have been several investigations by the government that have corroborated what Thomas More Society has found. So Difficult to investigate the government. Even the government isn't very good at investigating the government. And so, Mr. Gableman is a legislative appointed special counsel. He's a government investigator. And he found uh, 10 subject areas, which we had helped identify and researched, where there are serial violations of law by election officials in Wisconsin. And Wisconsin's elections are always in doubt now because of all these election official illegalities. And the marquee one, of course is the election bribery that uh, Mark Zuckerberg and his wife Priscilla Chan executed through Center for Tech and Civic Life, putting $350 million in election administration coffers in order to influence election outcomes by offering increased in-person absentee voting opportunities to uh, targeted communities, basically Democratic voters.
1: Wait, let's talk for a second. Let's target that part uh, on nursing homes. Now, I don't know if that was part of your investigation, but it was certainly part of the hearing. Can you talk about that, Eric, what you guys found that was happening in uh, nursing homes in some of the major uh, populated areas of Wisconsin?
2: Right. In the same cities where Zuckerberg was spending, you know, 20 up to $36 per voter, we found that in the nursing homes we looked at, 91 facilities in Wisconsin's five largest cities, Milwaukee, Madison, Kenosha, Green Bay, and, and Racine, that there a 100% registered uh, resident voting rate, and it shouldn't be 100%. P- people in memory care units aren't capable of voting. I did interviews with uh, Ron Hoyer, Wisconsin Voters Alliance, in the nursing homes. We took videotapes. I followed the competency assessment tool for voting the courts use, and these people shouldn't be voting. Many of them were, uh, like I said, are under guardianship order, could not vote, or were comatose, or non-responsive, or when they made answers, they weren't reliable. And so that's that's fraud. And so in these cities, they've basically taken duck, this, this private money, Zuck Bucks, and they're spending it to vote the nursing homes, to vote the, uh, you know, the communities that they think will support their candidates. And that's election bribery and it's illegal and it's fraud. And we've just gone too far. I mean, the left has gone too far. And that, that's why the private investigations, House More Society and the government investigations are all pointing in one direction. Ten different subject areas. Election officials are, are serial violation of the law, and I, I think you know I'm a very serious attorney. I've been practicing thirty years. I've narrowed my mind to do one thing, and as sue the government, and, and and I'm just appalled. You know, one subject area of serial violation of the law will be enough, but they have subject area after subject area of violation. So the, the nursing homes is one uh, the. But, but, Eric, let, let me interrupt
1: go. you. Let me interrupt you just for a second, because in the hearing, as I understand it, you actually showed video of people who were just incapable, uh, mentally incapable of voting. You actually showed video, so there was there's hard evidence. This is not just talk. You guys have this long study, but you do did identify several areas. So let's let me. Now I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Let's go on. Are You absentee ballot drop boxes and all of that.
2: Right. So the absentee ballot drop boxes, which Zuckerberg paid $216,000 through the Center for Tech and Civic Life to purchase absentee ballot drop boxes for these five cities. They were put in targeted places so neighborhoods with New Democratic voters could vote. And and so, but those have been found to be illegal because the only way people can vote absentee in Wisconsin is either give the, you know, deliver it to the clerk's office or put it in a U.S. post office box. There's no provision for absentee ballot drop boxes. So the circuit court said illegal. Uh, the Wisconsin Supreme Court has said there won't be no drop boxes at the April primary, and the Wisconsin Supreme Court's taken the case, so I think they're going to decide it, but they're illegal. so you know what do we do with that? I mean, what kind of a mind engages an election bribery scheme to do illegal things in an election to influence the outcome and then in the nursing home issue, not only do you have um, the the high nursing home registered resident voting rates, but you also have the issue that there's a process where a Democrat and Republican called special voting deputies are in Wisconsin are supposed to go to each nursing home to assist in voting. And the Racine County Sheriff investigated Wisconsin Election Commission not sending out the special voting deputies for the November 2020 election and and said that that's a felony crime. He's recommended prosecuting the Wisconsin Election Commission for knowingly knowingly violating the law. It's a big law because after the Wisconsin Election Commission did send out the special voting deputies, all this chaos occurred. It was all planned. Um, another issue is that once the special voting deputies weren't sent out, what we're finding in the nursing homes is that one person, you know, the activities director, voted the whole nursing home 100%. You're not supposed to handle other people's ballots in the nursing home, right? Uh, there's, a, there's a process for it, and the activities directors were just voting all these people. That, that's, that's voter fraud. That's election fraud. And and, so, and and then in Wisconsin, um, non citizens, even the non citizens who are in the Department of Transportation records with driver's licenses because they have green permits, or your green cards or, or work permits, they aren't kept track of in the system, so they're allowed to vote unimpeded. Other states don't do that; they require the Department of Transportation, Department of Motor Vehicles, provide that information so we stop non citizens from voting. Eric,
1: do you have any idea? How many? Vote, I know you can't to the vote, but just a general idea between your report and the report of the former Supreme Court justice, his report also, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, do you guys have any idea how many votes we're talking about here?
2: Well, uh, tens of thousands. I mean, the absentee ballot drop boxes—you know—they became the way for progressives to collect um, absentee ballots in these neighborhoods they were targeting. David Plouffe, Obama campaign advisor, ended up being the charity political advisor for Zuckerberg on this deal, wrote the book in early 2020, right. The Citizen's Guide to Beat Donald Trump. And he said, Philadelphia, Detroit, and Milwaukee, that's where we have to win. And that's why you get this absurd amount of money going from private parties to the election officials in those cities. I mean, 20 $30 a voter. I mean, that's a lot of money for a one-day event. That's I mean, like a ticket to a Packers game. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, exactly. Ticket to, to a Packers
1: game. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Uh, Eric, I <laughs> think For every, you direct every person. Uh, Eric, I think you said something to this, uh, like this. But you're you've lived in Wisconsin a long time, practicing law. Did you have any idea? Do you have any idea before you started this investigation what was happening in your own state? Well,
2: you know, it's it's interesting you say that, and this is how. You know, we have to think as a uh, you know people of faith, Christians, is you think the best, right? And so, from I would say nineteen ninety, let's say let's use a two thousand eight to two thousand twenty. I filed thirty to forty lawsuits involving election integrity. When I filed those lawsuits, I never thought of it as a subject area. I just said, oh, this election official is violating this law the statute's written improperly, it's unconstitutional, da-da-da-da-da. It wasn't until Thomas Morse's project um, moved to Arlington, Virginia, after the 2020 presidential election. I spent six weeks there, and I got the opportunity to see, oh, wait a minute, what's happening in Wisconsin? It's happening in Michigan. Oh, it's happening in Pennsylvania. Well, the same illegalities are happening in Georgia and Arizona. How could that be? Oh, it's these progressive nonprofits influencing are state and local election officials in exactly the same way. So these serial illegalities that we're talking about in multiple subject areas, so when you you see illegalities and serial illegalities in multiple subject areas, you know it's intentional. It, It can't be accidental because it's every subject area. And then you see it in all these states, you say, wow, the influence of these progressive nonprofits is to manipulate these local officials violating the law to win elections. That's the value they present to their philanthropists and I think that's just horrific for our country.
1: It is horrific for our country. We paid a terrible price for this. And yet, now, let me just uh, push back on what the Wisconsin Democratic Party is saying about your reports. It's a conspiracy theory-laden sham. Uh, it is uh, Gableman, meaning the justice, and his cronies, that must be you, are laying the groundwork for Republicans to overturn future elections when they don't like the outcome. So, your response to
2: that? Uh, you know, my—I've been suing the government, you know, for you know, about 30 years. That's all I've done. Journalists say I've made a career out of suing the government, and, and I would sue Republicans who cheat. Uh, you know, why, why wouldn't I? I mean, that's my career, right? I'd sue Democrats. i represented uh, political parties across the spectrum, on the right, the Libertarian Party, on the left, even the Social Work, Socialist Worker Party. If my fellow citizens' rights are being violated by the government, I'm willing to represent them because, quite frankly, the, the ancient binary, the more ancient binary than left-right, is the people versus the government. And mm-hmm. we're getting to a point where the people need to be represented against the government. This is this is biblical stuff. You know, if you talk to the uh, Egyptian pharaoh, he would have said, things are just fine. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> but the Jewish slaves did have another story, right? And so this is what my response to the media is that the uh, you know, you've got your top-down talking points. I have reality-based facts and legal research, and, and you're having a problem because I'm right. You know, and, and I, it's sad, right? But, you know, what? the confidence I have that I'm expressing to you is I've had 300 appeals in these cases. I've won dozens and dozens and dozens of cases against the government. And, yeah, I'm relying on the courts. And if I have to rely on the courts to get the government to follow the law, we're in a pretty bad spot culturally. But we're going to win because the courts are good enough to protect the people in their election system from corrupt election officials. Okay, it's now good let's,
1: let me it, let me understand the process. I need to understand the process better because yesterday you were testifying. My understanding is, what day is it? Tuesday. You were you were testifying before a committee, a subcommittee, I believe, of the of the of the legislature. But are you? Is this now a legal case? I'm. Mean, you're saying. That you're going to file before a court. Has it been filed, and uh, can you tell us about the status of that?
2: Yeah, it's a great question, and and one of the reasons why, after you know, I figured out this is happening in every state. Uh, Thomas More Society focused on Michigan and Wisconsin, but that we're talking about Wisconsin today is that Wisconsin has a law that says that after the election, a voter can sue an election official for violating election law for administrative correction. And so every one of these subject areas I've mentioned to you, we're litigating. So right now I have uh, eight uh, lawsuits in play, or nine lawsuits, ones regarding getting information from the city of Racine. And these lawsuits are addressing the subject areas, election bribery, illegal drop boxes, we're gonna get to the nursing homes. And so that's why the state legislature isn't alone because Thomas More Society is litigating these cases in Wisconsin courts to an administrative correction. And the way to get the people on our side is to, to work through this litigation and explain to people, no, it's important if the law says the drop boxes are legal, that Zuckerberg can't pay city officials to put drop boxes in the neighborhoods he wants the drop boxes in. <laughs> oh, why 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 can't you do that? Because it's illegal. And of course, they're there to stop it. You know, we we got to start exercising our democratic muscles. And as you probably know, the second that you or I say something like, I represent the people, and I'm going to help the people improve the government. You know, the government right now views that as subversive. The mainstream media views that as subversive.
1: Yes. Uh, how silly you, is that? that you're a domestic terrorist. You, that have, I'm to... <laughs> you have officially stepped Absolutely. into the category of domestic terrorism, Eric.
2: Yeah, no, I I think that's right, and and so I, you know it's it's really, you know, I, I just I want to say it's really you know it's it's tough, but I've got to tell your audience that in order to be effective against the government, you're going to have to narrow your mind. I mean, you're going to have to start focusing on beating the government in a subject area, and, and narrowing the mind. That's not a bad thing, right? But it means that you're going to have to really focus, because when we're facing in like election integrity these uh these lefties, these progressives they've narrowed their mind, oh my word, when they saw the videotapes and this, these people were under guardianship or couldn't vote, they were incapacitated, shouldn't vote, you know whatever, their question back to me was, well, in Wisconsin, if you don't have a court adjudication, that means that uh that means that uh they they have a right to vote, and I said, oh, okay, well, they have a right to vote but If if they aren't capable of voting, someone votes for them, you know, that's voter fraud. And, of course, they don't respond, right? Yeah. Because they've narrowed their mind. They'll think of something. They'll never, ever agree with us. They'll never agree with us because they've thought through it all.
1: Eric, um, by the way, I love that you're such a happy warrior. I really do. You cheer me up in the midst of this bad news. But here's, here's the question that everyone wants to know, and you know what it is. Uh, The former uh, uh, um, Supreme Court Justice Michael uh, Gableman, who also did his own investigation and presented with you guys, you have your own report. He has his report. He actually thinks that the 2020 election might, if this all, uh, I'm not sure what the stipulation is, but if it were, everything you guys are saying is true, he thinks it should be reversed. Um, Your thoughts about that?
2: Well, I mean, we have to, we we use the legal procedures that are available. because I'm a lawyer. And so every error can be addressed as administrative correction, but but it wouldn't have any effect, you know, going back. You know, and so the big problem with Wisconsin law is that the, the Wisconsin certification law and the Wisconsin post-election contest law only allows for the candidate to sue for a recount, whereas the better laws in Georgia and in um, and in Arizona provide that. The, uh, an election contest can occur based on election officials' illegalities, casting doubt on a, on a narrow election result. And so, we need to change Wisconsin law to allow that sort of a decertification. Now, with that being said, we still have the post-election uh, administrative corrections. So every every illegality in the 2020 presidential election. Which cast doubt on the election results. All the election results can be contested and, and sued out and proven. And you know, we already have the indefinitely confined uh, ruling of the Wisconsin Supreme Court as regarding 2020. We've got the illegal drop boxes. We got the let's audit bureau report They're identifying like dozens of illegalities by election officials, particularly regarding the WisVote uh, voter data system. And so all these things pile up. And eventually what you're going to have is a big asterisk by the Biden win in Wisconsin, just like Barry Bonds' home run record has a big asterisk. <laughs> and, and what that means is cheating aided. Yeah. And that's OK. I mean, we have a, it's a four year term. You know, we're, we're, we're duty bound to be patient as Christians and people of faith. And so, all right, we've got to wait four years. But if you if you cheat and you win, there's a high price to pay, you see.
1: Yeah. And that,
2: that's part of justice. All right, That's yes. When we make corrections like
1: that, Eric, we're running out of time. So um, the you your primary is it April? The Wisconsin yeah, the primary.
2: April primary and the boxes will not be used.
1: Okay, so uh, you there have been there will be an effect on this upcoming election as a result of this probe. And let me just commend to all of you. There's a great article by Susan Ferriccio on this uh, in the Washington Times. Wisconsin probe finds 2020 election riddled. With nursing home voting fraud, she talks about that part of it. But um, that'll give you a taste of it, so you can share it with your friends. Eric Cardle, it's great to talk to you and great to meet you. And I look forward to more conversations about these things with you in the future. So, and God bless Thomas More Society, my, <laughs> my great friends. Yeah. Yep, sorry, thank you. Eric. Nice say. Okay. Well, listen, we're we're on the same team. That team that wants to know what's true. So thank you for joining us. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk.
5: Hi, I'm Mark Harrington, founder of the pro-life group Created Equal and host of Activist Radio, The Mark Harrington Show. Created Equal is all about saving the lives of unborn children. Each week, I cover the latest pro-life news and feature interviews with unsung heroes from across the nation who are making a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice. Join me every Sunday afternoon at 530 for The Mark Harrington Show here on American Family Radio and discover how you, too, can help protect the lives
2: of the most innocent among us.
5: Bishop E.W. Jackson is on a mission.
2: Some people are just embarrassed to be Americans. That, that's a big problem. I mean, I've heard people say that. They're embarrassed to be Americans. I'm not embarrassed to be American. I love my country. I'm I'm thankful to God that I'm an American. I'm thankful to God to live in this land of freedom and opportunity and hope. And I'm fighting to make sure that that never changes.
4: The Awakening
5: with Bishop E.W. Jackson every weekday at noon central on AFR or catch the podcast at AFR.net.
2: Whenever he lies, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The CDC has been collecting information on COVID hospitalizations for more than a year, but the agency has withheld most of it from the public. What's more, the agency seems to have selectively published information to support public messaging about boosters. According to the New York Times, when it published its first significant data on the effectiveness of boosters in adults it conveniently left out the numbers on 18 to 49-year-olds, which showed that age group was the least likely to benefit from boosters. This is
4: why no one trusts them anymore. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net. For more, from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
5: This is Frank Affney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Joe Biden's gaslight of the union Tuesday was riddled with falsehoods and deflections. Particularly striking, however, was his failure to mention even once communist China. That's like having your doctor examine you for COVID but not discuss your stage five cancer. We can speculate about why the commander-in-chief would completely leave out of what was supposed to be his assessment of the state of our union, the immense damage being done to it by the Chinese Communist Party's decades-long unrestricted warfare. Perhaps his personal and family corruption by Beijing, shockingly documented in Peter Schweitzer's new book, Red Handed, explains his completely ignoring its killer virus, deadly fentanyl smuggling, hollowing out of our economy, espionage, unreliable supply chains, and growing military threats. As it happens, the CCP did a simultaneous throwdown by threatening Taiwan. Joe Biden can pretend China is no problem. We can't. This is Frank Affney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at
1: AFR.net.
2: That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio.
1: All right, Sadie Rios back with you. Put on your thinking cap and uh, listen fast because I have a lot to t- <laughs> I'll tell you in a short time. Uh, we talked uh, last, uh, 10 days ago, maybe, about the fight in the Senate about defunding the mandates. Now, there's a big spending bill coming up again. I told you about it. And now the fight begins on defunding the COVID mandates, the ones that have caused the military such agony, caused many of our Wonderful fighting warriors to lose their jobs or take that jab and be injured. I get, just don't get me started on that. And that's just them. That's a, it's, it's also contractors. It's medical personnel. You know the drill. Well, uh, so right now they're fighting over this again. And again, the Senate GOP is playing games. Uh, Mitch McConnell is a disaster for all of us. Could I just say? So it's very hard. You have to be really smart and on the front row to figure out which I'm not. I don't claim that. i just kind of halfway here with people that I know that are on the front row. Uh, But let me just say, this afternoon, the Senate GOP forced another show vote against the vaccine mandate, which they knew could not pass. Uh, The good news is that there are enough GOP senators willing to vote against the vaccine mandate that if they were serious, it could be defunded. I don't have time to go into all the details in this last few minutes, but let me say, we'll put on our getter page, Americans for Limited Government has a way for you to contact the Congress to defund the mandates. Uh, It's um, tell the GOP, stop playing games and defund the vaccine mandates. Okay, so uh, let me just say that. We'll put that on our getter page, but if you had a chance to jot that down, you could go to Americans for Limited Government uh, and find it. I'm just trying to make it easy quickly. I need to please say that one of the January 6th defendants has killed himself. I haven't had a chance to even tell you this. His parents sent this out a couple of days ago. I've had this with me for I don't know how many days here. Uh, They say Matthew Lawrence Perna died on February the 25th of a broken heart. His community, which he loved, his country, and the justice system, killed his spirit and his zest for life. And then the Epoch Times goes in, the parents then give the the obituary, he was a Christian, he was active in his church, um, and uh, it turns out he was in the Capitol 20 minutes, and as far as we know, didn't do anything uh, worthy of all the time he spent incarcerated, and just before he killed himself, he got the news that they were going to enhance his sentence, uh, which meant that he might be incarcerated for 41 to 51 months in prison, and subsequently he took his life. Now, I'm just to just take a moment to think about that. Lord Jesus, this is just horrific, just horrific. We ask for justice, real justice, your justice. Um, there are so many others that have been mistreated. I can't itemize them in this minute, but I wanted to bring that one to your attention. That is um, Michael Perna, 38 years old, has killed himself. After being incarcerated since last January. All right, so I've heard uh, <clears throat> a lot of things from uh, great stuff from you guys. Remember that you can always talk to me at Sandy at AFR.net. We're not doing Facebook anymore. At least we're kind of post- posting there, but not really talking because they weren't letting us talk anyway. So if you have you want to hear what, see what we're posting for sure, go to Gather. That's where I'm posting things these days. And if you want to talk to me, go to Sandy at AFR.net or uh, contact me at sandy at AFR.net. Okay, quickly now, all of these really great things in just a few minutes here. Uh, Lori writes me, she's Canadian, and she said, um, she's saying, that, letting me know that the title of the leader of Canada, Justin Trudeau, is Prime Minister, not Premier. The Premiers are of the various provinces, like Premier Jason Kennedy, Ken- Kenny. Premier Doug Ford, and she feels badly correcting me. But please, Laurie, don't feel bad correcting me. I I don't want to get those things wrong. And sometimes when I'm speaking, I'm talking about so much information. I'm just spouting off. I don't I don't have notes. I'm just trying to do it from my memory. And I do make some mistakes like this. Hopefully not, not in terms of perspective or what's true, but like details like that. So I always appreciate your uh, correction on things like that. And that goes for all of you. All right, so then I heard from... Carrie. Carrie uh, is a pastor. Uh, He runs a ministry. I think Carrie's a guy. Runs a ministry geared towards pastoral health. He says he is informed by the show. And then he says, you have become a woman that I regard as my own mother. She went home to be with the Lord in 2018. And so often I hear you use her same tone and manner in your comments. And my heart is warm to know that there is someone else with with her quality and integrity, God bless you. I pray for you every day. Carrie, that's so sweet. I'll be happily, happily be your mom, your surrogate mom. And uh, thanks for that great compliment. Okay, so this is from uh, Paul. Paul is, um, is a New Jerseyan, and he says, uh, My mother purchased a Whirlpool 27-inch wall oven. The product has a touch screen that's been uh, faulty. She con- he contacted the manufacturer for service. And when they scheduled the service they asked him a million questions, a vaccination status, all kinds of sensitive information and he refused to give it to them. And the she the person, the customer person said this was mandatory for safe for safety for the company and the client. And he said that's personal information and you don't have a right to know that. So he's asking who he can appeal to. Uh, Paul, I think the only person I know you, you you the only person I know would be your congressman. And I don't know who your congressman is. I'm not quite sure what state you're in, but uh, whatever, whoever your congressman is, that's who you need to go to, and just hope and pray that they are sane on the vaccine issue. This is from uh, John. John says a lot of great things, but I'm going to say repeat one thing he said uh, at the at, at CPAC. Did you get a sense of a Trump-Gabbard, Tulsi Gabbard combination in 24, a Democrat on a Take Back America campaign? That would be fun to see. Uh, John, and all of you, listen to me. I'm not in favor of that, and I'll tell you why. Tulsi Gabbard is affiliated with the World Economic Forum. If you look up her name and World Economic Forum, uh, at least in one place when I was looking at this because someone had tipped my hat to this information, they were featuring young, up-and-coming World Economic Forum persons. And uh, up above a picture of Tulsi Gabbard was a picture of, guess who? Christia Freeland. The Deputy Prime Minister of Canada, one that so mercilessly and happily and emotionlessly uh, took away the bank accounts of the truckers. You will remember that we played more than one. So she, Christia, is very, very affiliated with World Economic Forum. Tulsi Gabbard's picture is below her, proudly represented in the same way. So I'm very skeptical. Unless, Unless Tulsi Gabbard comes out and rebukes or says, I didn't know what I was doing, I'm not affiliated with them. Uh, then I will remain opposed to her being on any ticket with anyone. Uh, so um, this is from Jeff. Uh, he talks about how I was Trevor Loudon at CPAC who uh, said that truck t- uh, Tucker Carlson's making a doing a great uh, disservice by take, talking uh, Russian propaganda, and a few of you were very offended by that. Let me just briefly say I haven't watched Tucker too much on this, so I can't say personally what he said. Uh, but this I want you just to know. All of us that are in media, and me certainly, uh, we're capable of making mistakes and errors. And so, a uh, Trevor is an expert on Russia and on communism. And if Trevor tells me that Tucker's off base on this, I'm, I'm inclined to listen to Trevor, because Tucker is a generalist like I am. He has he's brilliant, but he doesn't know all that a Trevor Loudon knows. And also, I love Tucker. He's a friend of mine. I started. I used to do Crossfire when Tucker was just when I, I was a guest, and then I actually co-host. And so I know Tucker well. I have tremendous admiration for him. Uh, And if he got this wrong, that doesn't mean everything else he got is wrong. You just have to be discerning. And I hope you're the same way with me. All right, this is from um, Robert Williams. Robert is a nurse. Uh, He's been uh, in the medical field for four decades. Then he talks about how him and his wife got that original strain of COVID recently. And they got so sick. And they had uh, ivermectin and other things from the past, but they couldn't get them refilled. He got pneumonia. It just got worse and worse and worse. And they finally contacted, uh, uh, I think it was a physician's assistant that they knew from another area who was able to find monoclonal antibodies, and that brought them back to health. They really thought they were going to die. And he's just talking about how corrupt the medical uh, community has become, all because of money. And it's just very discouraging. But he and his wife, thank God, are doing okay. And so uh, that that's a great story, Robert, for you to tell. All right, then uh, Lori says to me, thank you for finally saying Trump won the election. I sent you an email after the election telling you that. (laughs) Lori, I don't know if you really listened to me. Since the day after the election, I've been saying that. I was appalled by what happened. I'm not sure what you mean by that. But anyway... Uh, yes, I believe it was fraudulent, and I've said that repeatedly at this mic, and I hope that you will continue to listen and so that you can actually hear me say it again. All right, thanks for listening. Thank you for this great week of um, just a fellowship together. Sandy Rios in the morning, AFR Talk.
4: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.